Well, my friends, you are in for such a treat today. I have Sean Bowles on the podcast, and he is just such a gift. Sean is a TV host, news commentator, media producer, and Christian minister. He is a epic, serious serial entrepreneur, but he also wears his preacher hat. Y'all know I'm here for that. I'm here for that. He's been driving a positive narrative in news stories, the entertainment industry, social justice, and especially issues that affect us as Christians. So whether you're listening to him, interviewing a business leader on his show or his podcast or watching his live news commentary, you're bound to come away with a way a different vision, a different light of seeing things in a way that you hadn't thought of before as a Christian who lives in a fallen world. Sean also has been interviewed on many popular platforms, Fox News, CBN News, 700 Club, Centerpoint, uh, The Joni Show, like he's been everywhere. He's got all the books, three bestsellers. You guys are going to absolutely love him. Buckle up. We have such an amazing conversation today and we go through so much talking about repentance. We talk about how to actually hear from God, how to know that you're in alignment with God's will over your life. We talk about this concept of faith actually being spelled risk, as in R-I-S-K. We talk about how to take risk when we're in fear. I mean, it's just so legit. I know you're going to be blessed big. Grab a notebook and pen. Go refill that coffee. Let's get it. Hey friend, do you want to grow your online business and actually make more money? Are you sick of feeling pressure to constantly show up on social media or be tied to your phone 24-7? Do you wish you had more time to be present with your kids without worrying about your business falling apart? There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can make money, grow your audience, and still have balance in your life and business. Hey, I'm Steph Gass, Christian business and podcast coach, boundary boss, and multi-six-figure CEO. Want to learn how I did it? Go refill your iced coffee because I'm about to teach you how to take your online business to the next level with God at the center of it all. I pray this blesses you. Let's get it. One of the main ways that Sean and I both grow our authority and our influence in the online space is through podcasting. If you've never considered starting a show, or maybe you're on the fence, or maybe you want to, but you have no idea exactly how to get started, what the steps would be, or you're wondering how the heck does a podcast work to grow an audience or make money, I've got a 40-minute live class for you over at podcastforgrowth.com. This 40-minute training, no strings attached, is completely step-by-step visual presentation with me there walking you through how podcasting can work for you, if it can work for you, and how it can be the vessel and the vehicle to growing big impact, growing your audience, and ultimately making that income that you know you're called to make for the kingdom of God and for your family. Again, that's podcastforgrowth.com. I'll meet you there. Sean, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. I love what you're doing, and I think it's really empowering right now for people who are in this journey to actually feel like they can do this. Yeah. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. You have got, you have man, like paved the way in so many areas for, I think people of faith to really grow in their true relationship with God. I mean, tell us a little bit about like who you are and these different avenues (laughs) that you're a part of. I just want everybody. I'm probably new to a lot of your audience, but if I'm not, hello to my friends. Uh, so I was in ministry that was traditional for 27 years, everything from pastoring to 
itinerating and speaking at Bible school, some of the best churches in the world, some of the biggest churches in the world had an incredible experience of helping to move the body forward when it comes to the issue of hearing God's voice and mainstream Christianity. And I really felt after coronavirus, I had felt for years because we moved to LA to plant a church in the entertainment culture to really help people on their journey. And I did that for 10 years, gave it over to my best friends. They still have it. It's called Expression 58. We still go there, but I'm no longer on leadership or pastoring just because of our organization. And I, I moved into like, what does it look like if the next, the main place that Christians see the impact of God is in their career, in the marketplace, or in their families, in their community? How do we train people to like focus on connecting to God in those places where his ability to hear his voice and know him in a real way isn't compartmentalized to church or to your home group or whatever it is, but you actually feel like empowered as a parent, you feel empowered as a business person, you feel empowered in your career. So I, we started a podcast about that. And, and then I really felt in coronavirus, we're supposed to switch over to media. I wanted to do some production, learn production. It's always been a passion of mine. It's something I wanted to go for more than ministry. Like ministry was always like kind of like a, a lane that's easy for me, but it wasn't the lane that I felt primarily called to, but it's where mm -hmm. God kept me for many, obviously decades. Mm -hmm. But then when I moved over to production with, uh, I ended up doing Christian media, which is really funny because I never thought I would do Christian media ever, Stephanie, ever. <laughs> Zero desire. And I've now produced four Christian shows and we produce oh, our gosh. own show which is the Sean Bull Show, which is more of a vodcast podcast, a journalism right. news commentary. And then we've produced our own other podcast, Exploring the Marketplace, which you've been a part of, which is so exciting. Yes. And uh, which is in the top 0.01% of all podcasts worldwide, which is to Incredible. me, that's not about Incredible. us. Zero ego in that at all. That's because Christians are starting to see that God is speaking to them in the marketplace, that God's speaking to them. And it's not just for evangelism. It's for to actually thrive and see who Jesus is and what he's like and how to love the world around you. So uh, we've moved into media and I work with TBN as a programmer, producer, and host. I work with uh, pray.com and I'm often seen on other, uh, I'm, I'm friends with all the Christian television networks now. I love them all in there. So, you know, I connect to a lot of them. And then we, I do uh, entertainment film consulting. So I consult companies on how their projects are going to hit the Christian or the faith-based or family markets. And that, I've done that for 15 years, but the last couple of years has been more important because there's been so many politics that have caused Christians to not want to see certain films. Like I just saw The Little Mermaid from Disney and I thought it was phenomenal. And yet yeah. the progressive right, which I, I'm a conservative sure. commentator, the right hated it because yeah. all kinds of reasons, because they hate Disney right now, which I understand because Disney sure. has a lot of issues. But um, but the actual movie as a standalone project, actually, I thought it was a phenomenal movie for my 18-year-old daughter. It was a great yeah. movie. It followed the cartoon well. So I meet with companies behind the scenes like, will this have implications on our film because we have this or this agenda in it? Oh, and wow. usually they don't listen to me. Even if I tell them, they take that as <laughs> an educated risk. But I get paid for it, so it's good. Yeah, it's all good. Oh, my gosh. So you've got you've got a lot going on. And you're an author. You have books. I'm an author. Books in the world. Like, I have books that have, they should be super small niche books because they're about hearing God and some of the spiritual gifts and about encounters I've had and they've become mainstream books. Like again, I've had three really, really big bestsellers. All, all of my books have been bestsellers in Amazon categories, which is fun, but mm -hmm. I've had three actual big sellers, which have had sold hundreds of thousands of copies. And so I'm, I'm about a million dollar author. I have a million dollar. I wish it was a million dollars more right now. A million uh, unit author right now at this point, which is really fun as well. What would be your nut? This is totally off subject, but one day I'm going to write a book. My audience yes. knows this about me, but I keep like poo-pooing a bit, poo-pooing around. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm working on it, you guys. Okay. What's your number one tip, Sean, for actually like writing? Um, 
don't write for yourself, write for an audience, like fall in love with a group of people and, and give what you have to them. And it's my same for podcasting. It's my same for anything. I I think we do a lot of what we do and we see our calling for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And as a pastor, when I was pastoring a church, people would come to me and say, I'm going to start a class about this. I'm like, out of all the subjects in our church, that's like one that's so fringy and we don't really need that right now, but that's your passion. So like, I'll let you start that, but it's gonna be hard to support that. Like the church budget can't support that Mm -hmm. because it's really not going to hit the majority of our families. But if you understand what's happening in that church and you try and plant a group for that church, you're going to plant a very different group than what you would do out of just your own instinct. So I think just looking at like Jesus went to the cross for the joy set before him, Hebrews 12 too. We have to pay the price for the people that he's called us to that are the joy set before us. And if you don't know who that who is, it's going to be really hard to do the why, you know, yeah. and stay in your why. Because you'll you'll give up after two years because it gets real hard. Yeah. Writing a book is really hard. And the, and the book market is both dead and alive. It's like very exactly. dying. Yeah. But the Christian book market is actually alive, but it's not structured well right now. Mm, so good. That's really powerful. So you doing all these things. I mean, you're a serious entrepreneur seriously appointed <laughs> by so. God. You're making such an impact on the world, Sean. Like two things I see here that I want to dive into. The first one is you're not afraid to take action. And I know that so many of the women and my, some of my guys, Hey guys that are listening to the show, they're terrified. Like, yeah. I'm so afraid. Like, Oh my gosh, if only, if only I could be like, Sean, I want to start a podcast. I want to write a book. I want to do this thing. I want to minister a church. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. But like the fear is so crippling. It sounds like you've been able to just conquer that fear over and over again to do things you've never done. And so I want you to talk a little bit about that. And then the second thing I want you to touch on for us today is how do you hear from God to know? And can you know, this is what God wants versus this is what I want? Well, those are such great questions. And I think, you know, I grew up, um, with parents who were first generation Christians and they went to a church here in Southern California called the vineyard. And the pastor that was that man named John Wimber. And one of the things that he told them, so I cut my teeth on this growing up was faith is spelled risk, R-I-S-K. Wow. And that was just kind of the motto we had that never went away. Like that, that's in, in my DNA of like, if you, if you want to have a God result, you have to take a risk mm. and you got to do something that you wouldn't do in your own strength, in your own capacity, your own finances, your own socioeconomic you know, background, your own educational background. And so I'm already predisposed to say what I feel like God wants me to do in my lifetime. I can't do it without him. Mm. And I'm not just doing it for him. I'm doing it with him. And he's a better leader than I am. So like my wife, when we got married, I'm so, I married the best person. Seriously, like we have the best marriage because yes. she is also a risk taker, but we're both feasibility people. So we actually look at well, what we feel like we hear from God, but then we take it through a feasibility process and confirmation process of of even if this doesn't work right now in life, what, what risks are we taking? So we're really educated about the risks and, and is it really worth it? Like, do, have mm-hmm. we really heard God to take this big of a jump? You know? And, and I think a lot of people, when they feel like they've heard God about something or when they want to take a big risk about something, they haven't really conquered the lion and the bear and they go after the Goliath first. Mm-hmm. And so you watch people who are like, I'm called to real estate. And they end up buying something that's too big that they can't manage. They don't have management help. And then they have a measure of failure or they just have a measure of extended suffering before it gets good. Mm. And because they, they never started like the little project, like yes. Airbnb before they started a multi-unit, you know, building. Exactly. So I think like people, people do that in all aspects as Christians, because we exaggerate what God tells to tells 
you know, us and we, in our mind, because Ephesians 320, it has to be beyond what we could dream or imagine. So like if someone's going to start a podcast, we start to think about thousands of people are going to listen to me every week. And we're not satisfied if there's 75 people, but if you have 75 people, that's picture if you had a home group and 75 people came to your house every exactly. week. Like, like that's 75 people who are like listening to you, who actually care about what you're saying. And about 10 of them are probably really loyal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they want to do life with you. They can't wait to listen to your podcast next week. And so I think like when people don't take risks, they get stuck. But when they take the wrong kind of risks, because they're not satisfied, like when they're so into futurizing and like, you know, looking at like what's, what's going to happen next, then, and they don't enjoy where they're at, even in the days of small beginnings, then, then you, you just live a miserable life. Yeah. So for us, we're trying to stay in step with God. Like right now, there's a lot that we're doing that we career wise with me, we know where my career is going. And there's, I can't make a five-year plan right now because of how much media I'm doing and stuff. And then my wife, we can't see three to five years out, but we know the space she's in, Mm. but because of we're in transition right now, we're selling a house actively. We're going to try and buy, we're downsizing. So we have more money because we in the market that we were in, we put a lot of money into our house thinking money is free to get loans right now, but then all the interest rates went up. So we're like, mm-hmm. hey, we're in LA. That's a smart downsize time. Yeah. Let's downsize and have some money to be able to build what we're called to build. And um, and that's a big challenge because that feels like going backwards sometimes when you're doing that, unless you yeah. see what you're building forward. But I think like in the midst of doing what we're doing, we're like super dependent on God's leadership right now. And that's, if you don't feel dependent on God's leadership, are you even a Christian right now? Like, are you, are you even walking with him? And it's hard because when someone else is leading you, you're following, you don't make all the decisions, but if God's building your reputation, your brand, your identity, your ministry, whatever it is, then he'll maintain it. But if you're building it in your own strength and you got to get all the tools, the keys, the finances, everything else, and you have to maintain it. So there has to be a learning process of how to let God build. How do you, so you say this, you know, be dependent on God's leadership in order to then take the risk and hear from God on whether, like, what's the first step in the risk. What does that mean, Sean? How do you actually depend on God's leadership? Like, what do you actively do? I think if it comes to like, let's say a lot of the crowd that's listening to this podcast with you because of how you train people. And I've listened to some of the podcasts and you're phenomenal at getting people to think about the big picture and also the steps towards it. You look at the micro and the macro, which is really powerful. Yeah. And there's not many people who do that. Like you're an expert coach and I love it. And so if you look at that and you add to like listening to this podcast, you add to asking some big questions. Like if you're going to make your own podcast, cause that's a lot of the, the, the way that you look at it. So if, if you're a listener, you're a listener and going, I'm going to make my podcast and I like candles and I want to really sell candles. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I make candles. It's a, it's a passion for mine or I love gardening or whatever it is, you know, whatever the thing is, or I want to be a coach. I'm sure. going to coach people on whatever it is. Then you, I think the first thing you got to look at is like, God, what's your dream over this? Like, what are you thinking over this? And ask some questions and do some listening prayer, which is when you're not, oh, Father God, would you please, Father God, do this, Father God. But you actually like, <laughs> I'm going to wait and I'm going to start to think about who are the people who buy candles that I, it's going to be probably a lot of women who are going to buy them for gifts. who are going to buy them because they like the smell and they want their house to just be refreshed, who like them because of relaxation, who like them because of rest. So how do I, how do I partner with God over the families and the households who are supposed to have these for rest or gifts for like, and how do I start to look at like, and dream with God over these people who are going to have this product, who I get to pray that it has the essence of my relationship with God. And what I'm believing God is into this. And so I think like when we start to look again, it comes back to me, you hear God the most when you're asking about what he's interested in and he's most interested in people. So if you look at like a missionary would go, 
God, show me Africa before I even get there and be praying into it for five years before they even step foot on the land because they're going to spend an incredible investment of time and energy and family there. So like we have to be the same about our business. We have to look at it and go, who is like, I'm not just going to be excited about a product. I'm going to be passionate about the people who are engaging this product because the more I build community with them and connection to them, the more that I'm honoring love. I'm honoring and, and God's, that's the highway or the on-ramp for the presence and the favor of God. And I think that sounds really esoteric until you do it. Like when you actually go, I wake up in the morning and when I'm doing my podcast, which again, you've been on, I think of all of our audience and I just go, these are incredible people. Yeah, Like these are people in careers. These are doctors and lawyers and venture capitalists and farmers and moms who are starting a side hustle and dads who are trying to, you know, get to the next level financially. And I just think of these people and I'm like going, God, how do we serve them through this conversation? Mm. How do we like bring them alive to this conversation? And obviously it works because we get 25 to 50,000 downloads a week. Yeah. Obviously like praying into them and like believing that this isn't, I'm not making a podcast for my voice to be heard or for my interview to be heard. I'm making a a podcast for people to go on a journey and that resonates. And so I think- I think that that's like, we have to, and even like my commentary show, there's a lot I would want to say in my commentary show. That's just me. Mm -hmm. That's just me. Like, let me give you my opinion. Let me, let me tell you something. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) And and I have to like back off of that and go, you know, there's like on pray.com 65% of the people who listen out of 20,000 people a week or whatever are Democrats. Right. 60,000. Wow. I'm a conservative and I'm a Christian conservative and I have sentimentality towards DeSantis and Trump. So that means- When I talk and I talk about like the target boycotts right now, yeah. I have to think about the Democrat who doesn't really have the same values as I do, but it loves Jesus just, just as much. Exactly. So I have to pray into my audience and go, God, this is a different audience than I know how to serve how when it comes me. to pray.com. So how do I come into the middle in the right way without compromising any of my values? So again, when you're, when you are making out like, let's say a podcast or a business podcast is easier to look at as a business mm-hmm. or someone, again, who are your who? Yeah. And how are you going to love them and serve them? And when you get some of that, God speaks into it. Like, I just think you get instinct, you get intuition, you get a gut yeah. check, you get a feeling. Like for me, when you learn how to hear from God, which is the second question, the first way all Christians learn how to hear from God is repentance. <laughs> it's just Ooh, true. Powerful. It's just true. Like the there could be somebody who's listening today who doesn't believe you hear from God or doesn't believe people hear from God in, in the modern ways. But there's been a time you were going to send a text that you got a check and you went, that's not right. And you're not that smart. You're not that, you're not that people emotionally smart. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That was the Holy Spirit saying, that's you. Don't do it your way. Do it my way. That's you. Hold your tongue. And so Christians learn how to hear from God. And the second way we learn how to hear from God is usually money because we're at church and all of a sudden we're like, I'm supposed to give more money. Nobody wants to give money. There's grief in giving money away. Every time there's grief in giving money away, unless you see the cause. And so if, if all of a sudden you're like moved by compassion, that compassion, you're not good enough. That compassion did not come from you. That empathy did not come from you to give to human trafficking. That did not come from you. You are not that good. Now there is natural compassion and empathy. Maybe you'll give some money away. Like you're at the grocery store, you might give the dollar for the children at risk or whatever. But to give a substantial amount of your income, like a 10% away or to give $500 a month to you know human trafficking or to give money for children at risk or whatever in a real way, you're not that good. And that came from God speaking yes. in your spirit, tying your values to his. So when we learn that those are two ways that we hear from God and we start to recognize that like, oh my gosh, I actually repent at night sometimes because I realized I did some things in the day that weren't right. And I'm going to change. Yes. And that's God leading me. God's kindness leads me to repentance, not Sean Bowles leads me to repentance. 
you know, I do not lead myself to repentance. God mm-hmm. leads me to repentance. I make myself available to change. And then you start to go, well, how else does this work? Because when I hear from God, it feels like this. Oh, wait, it feels to hear from God? Oh, that's interesting. Because most of the way that we process how God speaks to us is eternal, internal, eternal as well, but internal, where yes. the God of all the universe lives inside of me. He doesn't fit in time and space, but he fits inside of me. And it says in 1 Corinthians 2, the last verse, that I have the mind or the processor of Jesus, of Christ. So it means that my mind and his mind, that earlier in that in 1 Corinthians 2, it says, the Holy Spirit searches the deepest, most innermost thoughts of God, mm-hmm. and he relates them into our spirit. Wow. We should know that more than any other generation because we are we're on podcast right now. Yes. So most people are getting this by a download. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. how God speaks. He downloads something inside of you that is above your pay grade, is exactly. above your emotional intelligence. It's above your normal choice you want to make. It's not even a choice you always would want to make. Right. But when he's leading you, you start to go, you know, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to make five podcasts to set this up right and release them all up front. And then you find out that's actually a big podcast strategy. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> exactly. I just did something that like you're supposed to do. And I didn't even know how to do that, you know? And you start yeah. to realize like God is leading you because you start to track the fruit. And that's the biggest thing is after you start to feel like you're okay, my instinct inside of me, the Holy Spirit showed me to do this. It wasn't direct speech, like God is saying right now, you know, but it's like my, the push inside of me is pushing. I'm compelled to love this way. I'm compelled to give this. I'm compelled to do one more episode. I'm compelled to invite this person to be on the show who's never been on a show before. I'm compelled, like that compelling is the voice of God too. And Jesus, we have to remember, he didn't speak in direct speech very often. Yes, so he's spoken parables and metaphors. And he says in Matthew, I think it's either 13, 13 or 18. I can't remember right now. But he says to the disciples, they're like, why don't you speak directly and tell us what to do? And he says, because then you'll just do something for me. Oh, you'll stare to you blue in the face and you'll just, you won't change inside. But when I speak to you in stories, parables, when I speak to you this way, it creates receptive insight inside of you. You start to understand who I am and why I do what I do. So we have to realize that when God's speaking to us, we ask a question like, God, should I go left or right? And he goes, there was a cow on a hill. And you're like, yeah. (laughs) Or like, God, should I put more money into marketing? And he's like, I want you to do a show about the seasons of time. And you're like, yeah. And you have no idea that that is actually God speaking indirectly, directly to you. That as you obey that, that he'll work out the marketing issue. That's exactly. As you obey that, he'll bring team that you never thought you could have. As you obey that, he'll bring an opportunity to, you know, like one of the big things that happened for us for our podcast was this group called Charisma Podcast Network formed. Yeah. And they only had two podcasts. And they said, Sean, do you want to do a pot? We heard you're going to do a podcast, which I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And do you want to do one with us? And it was called Exploring the Prophetic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure, why not? What, how do you do that? And I got like a really cheesy microphone and I just interviewed friends. Yeah. And some of them were well-known friends. Some of them aren't well-known friends. And I said, how is hearing God's voice changing your life and the world around you? And we had like a million downloads in two months. And we're like, oh what gosh. happened? And they were shocked too, because they yeah. they had like a million in their other podcasts in like two months and then mine. Wow. And podcast network. So I was asking God at that time, how do, how do I stop traveling around the world and speaking one time to a person in one year? Exactly. Maybe having a one book read in one year. And how do I start to be in their car? How do I start to be in there? Like I was making more teaching CDs. That wasn't it. Yeah. I was, you know, like I was teaching more, creating e-courses and stuff, which was good, but it wasn't it. Uh, but I wanted to be in their car and in their gym and in their, and then I, and then 
I thought to make a podcast a little bit. And then they came and said, will you make a podcast? And I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. And it brought a marketing that we could have never paid for. There's people who pay a lot of money to be in the top 1%. Oh, yes. There's people who pay tons of money. News stations pay tons of money or news companies, legacy news companies lose money to put their anchors on podcasting because they don't know how to do it right. So they just pay their way in. Yeah. And we haven't done any of that. That's amazing. But God, right? But God. It has to be so big. Sorry, like, that was very long-winded, but that's- No, you know, it's like, there's so many teachable. I have two full pages of notes. <laughs> Faith is spelled risk. That means I talk too much in the world. No, it's so good. Faith is spelled <laughs> risk. And then God, God's le- be dependent on God's leadership through all your projects. Ask what God's most interested in, which is people. Look yeah. deep into the people. And then you said repentance leads- to starting to hear from God, which I really, I want to ask a question on that. And then it feels to hear from God and then track the fruit. It's your next book, Sean. Every time we talk, <laughs> we, you get your next book. There you go. I know. We got it right there. <laughs> so what is it? Two questions to follow up and then I'll wrap up repentance. I remember when I started, I was working with a spiritual growth coach, starting to like really dig in and try to go deeper. And she asked me, do you want to repent for that? And I was like, excuse me. It was so, I felt it was so abrasive. I was like, huh? Like, well, it wasn't my fault. You know, like there was all these feelings and like ego that came up and she's like, well, I'll pray you through it. And so afterwards I literally felt like a release happened. Like I felt like it left me and I was able to receive this piece back in exchange for this thing I needed to let go of this pride piece of me. And so I want you, can you explain like, what does it mean to repent? But how do you find the things you need to repent for? Cause sometimes I think we're overlooking it as life. We're overlooking it as, yeah. a, as a, you know, it was just a quirk or it's just who I am or whatever. It's not my fault. It's so important to hear from God by repenting. And it's not a bad word. No, it's, it's through that. again, it's one of the best training grounds for hearing God's voice. And people think that they're, that's an awful thing. Like, oh, I'm going to feel bad all the time. But it's actually when you give God, you make an exchange with God and you say, I'm giving you this area of uh, compromise or an area of ego or an area that's just all of me for an area that's all of you. And sometimes it's not like gross, sinful behavior. Like it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm so addicted to pornography. I got to repent. Right. So this is not addictive behavior. Like mm-hmm. I'm smoking all the time. We sometimes think we limit repentance to be that, but it's really a character exchange. It's like, this mm-hmm. is who I am in my base nature without you. Like I, 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 you know, if it's fight or flight, I fight, you know, that's not, that's not who you want me to be ever. You know, with my kids, if they're like, I have one daughter who's a lot like me. So she, if, if, if she goes up in energy, like, no, I don't want to do that. I'll be like, you are going to do that. And then she goes even higher and then I'll go higher. And so I've had to learn, like, I haven't done it in a long time with her, but, but I shouldn't say a long time, but enough time. But, um, but there's, it's that natural, like, I will fight you until I win and I will bully you and overpower you until you feel small. Mm. And that's my nature. Mm. And so I've had to learn in about 50 areas or 5,000 areas, how to let God disciple my nature. And it starts wow. with, oh, I see it. And the, the character form, formation, we think character formation is when we know when we're wrong. Like we know how to say, oh, I'm wrong. And the reality is that character formation starts with, I recognize, I, I allow people to tell me, I there's an area in my life that isn't good. Yeah. And then I start to recognize it myself. 
And then I start to recognize it, why it's happening, not just after it happens. And then I start to recognize when I, it's about to happen and I stop it. And the final form that a lot of people don't get to is it's gone. Mm-hmm. But we don't usually go through that process. And so I think when you hear God's voice, it gives you the courage to go, instead of go, oh, no, I need to change. You go, ooh, there's more of you that's going to make me a better person. Yes. Wait a minute. This is it might be painful for a minute because I have to actually acknowledge that this isn't an area you wanted you ever designed for me to be this way. Mm-hmm. This is part of the fall, and that's really hard to acknowledge. Right. But if I say yes to you here and I start to walk this out, just like working out with your body or eating healthy, I'll have more energy. Yeah. I'll have more sustainable life during the day. I'll have more, I'll be able to, you know, we went to Universal yesterday. I, I can walk miles because I walk two miles a day all the time with my dog. So I can walk nine miles on universal, no problem without even thinking about it. Sure. But if I haven't done that pre-work and I've never walked, then when I get to universal, I'm tired after two miles. I'm like, Oh my gosh, just need caffeine, you know? Yep. And that's how repentance is. It helps us to walk the long journey. And so I, that's kind of hopefully an inspirational kind of answer, but practically oh, answer. I grew up in Baptist church, right? So at the same time, we were going to vineyard. A lot of times they didn't have enough biblical teaching because it was very Jesus people movement. So a lot of it was like pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. It was in the seventies, early eighties. And um, I'm dating myself with how old I am, but uh, I look <laughs> younger, which is good. But um, <laughs> that was a joke. It was a stupid <laughs> joke. But, but um, we, joke. Would ask, we learned in Baptist church, you every night before you go to bed, you ask God, is there anything that you would like me to have changed or mm-hmm. been different in, in conversations or in my behavior? We did that every day. We did a repentance check every day. That was like what you learned how to do from the time you were little. And it's still with me. Like I still go, oh, I didn't like how that conversation, Ugh. or I talked too much, or I misrepresented something because of how I said that. Or, and so I'm still doing that. And I love it because to me, it navigates you through like to become better. Right. It's not like a guilt trip. No. Although sometimes you feel grief over what you did. And then he takes the grief out of you and goes, but I'm, I'm helping you. But I think that that's a lost art in Christianity. I th- it, that is, that is, I think that in and of itself, this podcast can change so many lives from that one piece of advice, anything you'd like me to change. Like, for example, the other night, that made me think I got frustrated with my kids because when there's a limited amount of time and they're not listening, they're nine and six and a oh. half. I'm like, ah, and like, I'm already a type high strung. So I'm like, I get extra. <laughs> And I'm laying there and I'm, I didn't ask that question, those words, but I love that you gave me the verbiage for it. And I just said, God, is there anything today? And he highlighted that immediate moment when I was frustrated with them. I got out of bed, went into their rooms. I was like, I am, I got on their level. I am so sorry that I was frustrated with you today. When I don't have that much time, I get frustrated and I am so sorry. And again, it was like, you just feel the Holy spirit in those moments, like allow him to highlight your weakness. And it, it just, it grows your reliance on him. And like you said, those are the things God cares about. It's a beautiful first full circle. So, and if people have a guilt nature, they have to be careful, but they, but all you got to do is just realize uh, how do I understand this as positive, not negative. You have to remind yourself of that. And we all make mistakes, but some people do and they go, Oh, this, that's so it brings me anxiety to do that. I'm like, then you're not thinking theologically correctly about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And relying on God, because then God can help you work through that. And so if you are pray for that, help me with my guilt nature and help me with the anxiety that this brings me. Okay. Last question that I was curious about, you said track the fruit. That's so good. Um, I remember when I started working with a spiritual growth coach back in the day and like some of my friends were like, 
you shouldn't be doing that. Like you need to only go, why would you ever pay for spiritual growth coaching, you know, and like throwing stones at me and then this, and then I brought it to her and was talking it out. And she's like, just ask God, just follow the fruit on our calls and then let God lead you. And I think that's exactly how you're speaking to track the fruit. Because if we look at what people say, and we look at what the world says about things, like we're so confused all the time with, is it God? And is it me? And am I doing the wrong thing and making the wrong choices? Yeah. Can you walk us through what that means and how to do it? Well, again, if you're letting God lead you, you're going to do some things that are trial and error that you're going to learn from. And, um, and you're going to learn, wow, this, like, I, I think there's a scale inside of us that goes like, I know this is God versus I think this is God. Yeah. And we have to learn, like when we're making decisions, especially Sheree and I do a lot of partnership, my wife and I too, the majority of what decisions are being made, we do together. Not everybody does that in their yeah. business and their ministry and stuff. So the majority of big decisions we make together. And so we ask each other on your God scale, is that like, do you feel like a 10 on that? Like it's absolutely God. Or do you feel like a one? And mm. it's helped us a lot to have that language and then to track it because there's sometimes you may feel like a one, but it has a 10 result, but there's sometimes you have a 10 that has a one result and you need to learn how to trust each other. So there's projects like we got involved with one real estate project. We do real estate on the side. And so we mm. had one Airbnb project that was like an instant win from day one made yeah. money. Just great. We bought it. We were already in equity and it was in wow. a really great market, you know, to do that. So then my wife's family moved to Florida and she wanted to do another Airbnb. She was super excited about it. And I was like, I'm not sure about this. And she's like, I really feel like this is God. And I was like, I'm going to go with you on the journey. Cause I'm not, I don't have a God word or a God feeling. I'll go with you on the journey. And we bought it and we would have walked into equity except for the, the sellers were liars. The real estate agent doesn't really practice that much. And the whole plumbing had to be replaced in this house. <gasps> and so with floors, so oh we walked into having huge bills when we didn't have a lot of capacity. We didn't have a lot of, um, we're cash poor in the midst of mm -hmm. what we were doing because of yep. investments. And so we looked at that and we went, okay, how do we let this inform when we're making decisions next time? Because this time your family was involved and you wanted to be by your family. You wanted to have a place for us to stay by them when they, you know, when we go to Florida and, and it's a market that Airbnbs only do good one time a year. So then you have to get a snowboard in. So like, there was a lot of things we didn't weigh into this and mm -hmm. we, we went off of a lot of emotion yes. with a lot of hope. You know, and I think it's going to be a great long-term investment. It's already good. It's already paying, you know, towards itself. Sure. But I think it's really good, but it, it's, it wasn't like what we were hoping for, like what happened in the first one for this one. Yeah. And what's happened in other projects. And so I've done the same thing. Like I, I could say this, you know, I, I remember we made one of our books and it sold so well. I was like, let's make a workbook because our all other workbooks do well. And we didn't yes. sell like hardly any workbooks. Yeah. Exactly. No matter what I did, I couldn't get those workbooks sold. Or another thing, like, one of my business guys, uh, one of the guys who used to run an organization was like, we need to order this many books because we're going on a tour and then coronavirus happened. And I knew from day one not to order those books. I oh, knew wow. not to order them, to just do print on demand instead of do a huge bulk and try and save $5,000 for the year. Right. But I didn't do it. And so we we have 25,000 books ordered for the tour and then the coronavirus happens and people don't buy that book outside of the tour because it's more of like an activation book. Yeah. And so how many do we have to give away and burn? Exactly. So, so leaning into that, well, the question so leaning into when you hear God and go, I'm tracking both when I felt something that didn't, I didn't follow it. Yeah. The feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm also tracking something when I felt like I heard you and I, it, it did work out. And then I'm also looking at long-term, like we'll look at the house in Sarasota five years from now and go, maybe there was a price to pay at the beginning. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe there was a God factor in this, but we, our expectations were different because 
of some of the other ways God's moved. And so just learning how to like, what really, what were the big payoffs and how did I, how did, how much did I hear from God in those? What were the small payoffs and how much did I feel like I heard from God in those, but maybe I didn't. Yeah. Inventorying. And then what, what didn't work out, but I knew if I had made a different decision that I was already set up to make, but I didn't obey that. How did I, how, you know, I had to pay a price. So like, how do I not do that again? That's so good. And then one other thing you have is you have your wife and you guys are those, yeah. you know, those mentor and that spiritual checkpoint too, Absolutely. which is so important, whether it's your spouse or someone else to be like, Hey, can I run like wise counsel? Super important in your life. Yeah. And I'm Bob Hassan, who you were on the podcast with Bob is also yes. one of our guys. We run by stuff and, Love and Bob, Bob has a really good uh, barometer for us. Like just for our decision-making, not always, but he has, you know, like he, he's just really good. He's the final sounding board a lot of times. Yeah. And Tree and I aren't for each other. He is one. That's so good. There has been so much wisdom in this conversation. Sean, thank you so much for coming and pouring out and giving us so many tactical things to put into place. And I think one of your gifts as a teacher is using storytelling to bring a tactical thing to life where you can mm. actually envision what it is that you're telling us to do. You have an example. And that's such a powerful teacher gift that. over you. So Thank you for blessing us with that. Um, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Where can everybody come hang out with you and find out more about all the amazing things that you have? <laughs> well, our, our place that we're the most in is either our bullsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com website or our app. We have a free bowls app. You can get, you can get like our school where we do training on how to hear God's voice and all kinds yes. of fun subjects. You don't always get in your everyday church growth. So we do a lot of the right. subjects like deliverance and our healing you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these kinds of things, even like leadership development and stuff. And it's really cheap because we want it four week classes and one month, uh, one event each month. So people get to go for really just a subscription rate all year long and they get all the past classes. Oh, fun. It's super fun. And then um, YouTube, I mean, come to YouTube and come, let's process what's going on in the world together. Let's yeah. discern together what's happening. You may not always agree with me, but it's going to inspire you. Yes, I'm secretly a news junkie. And for all that stuff, my podcast listeners may not know it, but I'm over here like, what's going on? I'm like listening to all the eschatology stuff. I'm like, like, this is crazy. What's going on in the world lately? So we're all here for that. Sean, thank you again. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Did you have fun or learn something? Leave mama a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it stretched you, challenged you, or grew you in some way. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who's been praying for a business breakthrough? It would also bless me big if you'd take 30 seconds and leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, come watch my free workshop where I'll teach you how to grow your online business in less than two hours a week using podcasting. Watch right now at podcastforgrowth.com. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.